Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Vivek. And this is Craig and Linda's Indie Travel Podcast. At IndieTravelPodcast.com. So there. <laughs> You'll find out who uh, Vivek and Vanessa are later in the show. But in the meantime, we're back and we've got some great news, followed by a revisit to our roadshow tips a few episodes ago. Yeah, we've just finished a small road trip through Australia's southwest from Perth to Margaret River to Albany and back again. So we thought we'd share the trip and what we've learned along the way. But on to our good news. Thanks to your votes, we were awarded the best podcast category in the Lonely Planet Travel Blogging Awards. It's so exciting and we're so happy about it. So thank you so much for supporting us and for voting for us. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge achievement and we are over the moon. Um, You know, a lot of people don't have a clue what podcasting is, but they know who Lonely Planet are. So if we just say, you know, Lonely Planet thinks we're the best at what we do online... That sounds pretty good. Well, it is pretty good. It's just generally pretty good. So, yeah. So, once again, thank you very much for supporting us. And uh, make sure you tell all your friends that Lonely Planet think we're the best and get them to push the subscribe iTunes button. Yeah, we'd like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. So, on to the show. Well, as you know, we did a trip around the uh, Australia Southwest. We were in Perth for six months, and this was our great escape we did a road trip with Craig's parents down into the southwest through Margaret River, then to Albany, then up to York, and then to the airport. So Margaret River is located just about two to three hours south of Perth. And oh, it's a bit further than that. Yeah? Maybe four hours. Okay, four hours. It's about yeah. two to Bunbury and then another one and a half on. And it's a, uh, a wine region, so all around there there's, there's wineries and cellar doors. There's also some beautiful coastline, and um, just further out from Margaret River, some great surf beaches, and yeah, it's really nice to drive around. Yeah, it's a really nice place to visit. Margaret River itself is quite a small town, and it's not really the destination in and of itself, but the Margaret River wine region, that's somewhere to go. <laughs> yeah, sure thing. Then we went um, around kind of the bottom corner of Australia and headed down into a place called Albany, which is on the south side of the southwest, if that makes sense. And um, I don't know, what was there in Albany? Albany was not that exciting, really. I mean, we basically just laxed out and had a, a relaxing time during our two days there. But it looked like a good place to stop. I think, really, in the southwest, Margaret River's the the most well-known place. Then everything else is just a a good place to stop for a coffee. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Albany had a really beautiful harbour, so we spent half a day driving around and um, looking at the the sounds and then the harbour and all of the waterfront. It was really, really nice. And we also did a big treetop walk on the way there. That was Um, fun. So that's kind of four-fifths of the way to Albany from Margaret River. And it was really cool. And yeah. then we just had to head back up north. Yeah, we were planning on heading up north and maybe staying in Perth, but in the end we decided to stop at a small town called York, which is kind of a It's a colonial historical, historical town, town yeah. yeah. And uh, we decided to stay there for the night, and then in the morning we just packed up and we dropped off at the airport. That was the end. And that was the end. So... um what we were talking about a few weeks ago was planning a road trip, and since we've just done one now, we thought we'd kind of recap our ideas and say what we did well, what didn't work well, and um, just kind of add in some extra ideas. Yeah, so last time we had three main points. The first one was plan. Don't over plan. We suggested you take a tent, which obviously wasn't going to work for our trip, and uh, take a good map. 
Mm. We also talked about stocking up not only on information, but also on food and drinks. So, you know, make sure you've got stuff to, to keep you going. And the third point was thinking about on the road, who your travel companions are going to be and what your itinerary is. Yeah. So what went well for us? Well, actually quite a lot went well. First of all, in terms of the on the road things, we had four people, which was a really good number for a road trip. It was, you know, we were in the car and we weren't stuffed into the car. So, yeah, it was good for uh, balancing the numbers and splitting costs and things like things like that. Hmm. Um, we also pre-booked all our accommodation, which isn't normally something that we do. We normally really, you know, just take it as it comes and find something when we get there, unless we know there's a big event on. But because there were four of us, that meant four people's um, kind of opinions or preferences to keep happy, and that gets tricky. It does. And also because we weren't taking a tent, we couldn't just pitch our tent anywhere we felt like it. There was no backup plan. The other thing is, in Australia, accommodation prices are quite high. So if we had just planned to rock up somewhere, which we did do in the last day, we probably would have found that the prices would be double what we were really prepared to pay. So pre-booking meant we could look at all the options, choose an option that worked for us, and book it and pay a price that we were happy with. Now, this took a lot of stress out of the trip. As you can imagine, um, we're traveling with uh, my father and stepmother. And, you know, family tensions can run high and people have different opinions about what they want. So this really helped. We could look online. We emailed several properties backwards and forwards and found something we had already agreed on. So it just, yeah, it took the pressure out of finding something that everyone liked. That's right. And one thing that we did was we actually booked three nights accommodation in Margaret River and then two nights in Albany. So it wasn't like we were changing place every night, which worked really well for us because Margaret River was actually quite central to quite a lot of the things we wanted to see. And, um, yeah, it just made it a lot easier. I mean, we didn't have to pack up every night. I mean, we're still doing a road trip, but we had somewhere to go back to. Hmm, that's right. Um, so another thing we did was we planned out rough itineraries for each day. Like, after we got down to Margaret River, we kind of went, well, okay, we're here for two whole days, then we've got to, to start moving. So let's go south one day, north the next day, and then we'll pick up some other stuff to the south as we head off. And um, that was really enough that worked really well <laughs> that was that was well enough planned yeah i think in other in other road trips if you're heading in one general direction just opening the map in the morning and looking at what is on your way mm. can be a really good way to think about what where you want to stop and what you want to do along the way that's what we did when we were heading to albany we opened the map we said okay well, we've got to go to albany where do we want to stop well this looks like a good place to stop for lunch this looks like a good place to stop for a coffee and we want to stop here to do the treetop walk yeah and then as other interesting stuff, like um, a mead factory, a meadery came up, um, we just pulled in and ate and drank and yeah, that was a really enjoyed another, doing tasting. That was another really good thing. We made stops when people wanted to. So I'm like, oh, look. And the driver would go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It uh, demanded some fast reactions and a little bit of backtracking sometime. Yeah. Like we're all looking out for kangaroos and they're kind of littered in the place that other other places might have dead cats on the road yeah. or dead possums. Country Australia is kind of littered with 
kangaroo carcasses <laughs> on the side of the road. Yeah, we, there weren't that many, but there were quite a few. And um, Craig's stepmother was really, really wanting to see wild kangaroos. Craig's father kept pointing out the dead ones. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Craig's stepmother wasn't that excited about those. But we no. did see some, some live ones hopping around, and that was really exciting. Yeah, and when we saw them, I was like, oh, kangaroos. Oh, groan, another dead one. No, no. <laughs> jumping around over in the field so we had overshot them we turned around we came back and we're creeping up the side of this 110 kilometer an hour road <laughs> um trying not to scare away the kangaroos <laughs> yeah, it was amazing that someone you know 100 meters away would scare them whereas cars whizzing past mm. the same distance away wasn't scary i don't understand yeah that was mad so we also um, shared the driving with oh, one we? notable exception. Did we do we share the driving? Uh-huh. <laughs> we shared the driving. You did not share the driving. Okay. And I thought this was great because we're going through all of these vineyards and, you know, cellar door wine tastings. It was awesome. No, it was really good to share the driving. We made sure that when we got the car, we put all of the driver's names on the, on the rental agreement. Craig... <laughs> Craig, however, managed to uh, let his license expire while we were away and couldn't get it renewed, so he wasn't driving. And it just, ah, I love driving, it's very fun, but it seemed that the day I was driving was the day that most of the wine tasting got done. I think it might have been because I was driving. (laughs) Because, you know, I'd go, oh look, we'll just, you know, executive decision, (laughs) executive decision, pulling in. (laughs) We also had a good-sized car, which I never realized the importance of before no we just always had the car that we had and that's just the car that you use you know car that's in your garage is the car that's going with you on the road trip yep and being in our early 20s we've never had a large or powerful car before (laughs) (laughs) so yeah craig's parents chose the car and they chose it really well it was big enough that the people in the back were comfortable when you never had your knees all scrunched up around your ears and there was plenty of room in the in the boot for all the bags yeah, once again, pack light, because <laughs> you want to fit everything you want into the back of the car. We didn't really um, have that option, because we were moving, and we basically had everything we owned in the back of the car. Yeah, which still fit with all of uh, all of their luggage as well. Yeah, so. I think what we had was about equal to what they had, and we mm. had our whole life. And they had... Yeah, give or take. ...their one week's packing worth. <laughs> <laughs> um so another thing, and something that I don't believe we forgot in the last one, was music. Oh, yeah. That How was did we not thing. talk about music? It's so important. Quite often when you're on a road trip, you're trying to find a radio station that, you know, isn't all fuzzy or that suits your, your mood. and It's really difficult because you're always moving on. You're always going somewhere else, and the radio station is always cutting out. So one thing that we like to do is prepare tapes or CDs or whatever you can use in your car, depending on what radio you have. And um, then you've got the music that you like to listen to. Mm. Yeah, we stopped in a roadside. I just put together a couple of CDs and burnt them off, um, ready to drive. And by the time we had gone through them three or four times each, because oh, yeah. the distances here are so long, you yeah. know? So by the time we had gone through them all a few times with no stops, it was like, oh, Something no, else. yeah. So a couple of days later, we pulled in a cafe, I grabbed the laptop and a CD out of the back of the car and just sat down and put together a new playlist. Yeah, it was great. It was a really good way to do it. 
So there are all the things that went well for us. We had a good number of people and we kind of took the stress out of things by sharing the driving, pre-booking the accommodation and making a rough itinerary for each day. Um, so we didn't over plan. We made stops when people wanted to. And we also had some good music that everyone kind of enjoyed. But now, what could have been better? Yeah, there's always something that could have been better. I think the one thing that sticks out to me is that when we arrived at Jewel Cave, we didn't know what time the tours were. And it's only once every hour. And we arrived, oh, was it a quarter of an hour after the last tour had gone mm. in? So we had the choice of either waiting 45 minutes or going away and coming back. And so it would have been really good if we'd known what time the tours were. So checking opening hours and tour times would have been a really good thing. Yeah, I agree. Now, Jewel Cave is just beautiful, though, isn't it? Oh, it was amazing. We had the best time. It was fantastic. Mm. All those natural formations and, uh, yeah, Yeah, really hard to describe. Yeah, it was only found, what, I can't remember. About 50 years ago. I think it was only 50 years ago um, when it was kind of discovered. And it's just amazing. Apparently it's one of the most decorated caves in the world that's easily accessible. You know, that common people can just walk in and have a look. It was great. It was really good. Um, I would have liked to have had a better sat-nav. Oh, um, that sat-nav. <laughs> now, I think where population densities are high, sat-navs work much better. I don't know. I found driving around Europe, um, the one we had um, was had a very clunky interface, but the directions it gave were much better. Now, in a place like Australia, where there aren't a lot of people, so... The, the various databases and satellite navigation things aren't being used as much and the companies aren't getting as much feedback and they can be a bit, I don't know, a bit less accurate than one would oh, like. Yeah. We found this sat-nav to be rather inaccurate but also just really irritating. The, <laughs> the, the voice that they'd made, oh, it was so annoying. The, the roundabout, the roundabout, that ah, still makes me angry. Yeah, whoever programmed this voice was not a native English speaker. <laughs> Turn left at the roundabout. Thanks. I don't want to relive that. <laughs> uh, we missed out on a couple of things because of time. Now, this is always going to happen. And you just have to say, say la vie, hakuna matata, or shit happens. Yes, whatever you'd prefer. So, I mean, that, that's normal. And we probably could have planned it that we didn't miss those things, but it's, it's no biggie. And the other thing that we didn't do is we didn't stock up on lots of food, but actually I think that might have been a good thing because we just stopped for for food when we wanted to and it probably meant that we didn't put on as much weight considering the amount that we were drinking in the evenings. Probably a good thing that we weren't snacking throughout the the road trip. Yeah, but we did have like sweets and mints and we always had some soft drink or water in the car. So, um, which even though the weather was quite cool for, you know, Western Australia, it was still pretty hot. Yeah. Well, I think that pretty much covers our road trip. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about the other time we hired a car in Adelaide, but, well, Anna and Matt hired a car, but... That, that wasn't a car, oh. Craig. That, that was something else. It was a plane, wasn't it? Yes, it was. We, we did go on a... Well, they did hire a car, actually. We hired a car, and then we drove to the airport, and then we did a... Um, what's the word when it's not on the road? <laughs> no, we did a, a plane trip. A, a plane trip. But <laughs> my sister, hi- my sister's a pilot, and she hired a plane, and we went up to Lake Eyre, which is a great big empty lake that only 
fills with water once every five to ten years, depending on floods. And it was just incredible. And we did all the things that you talked about. We talked about for road trips. You know, we stopped off. We had to stop for fuel. Toilet stops, you really had to go to the toilet when we stopped because there was no pulling over on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we had food in the back so we could have snacks. And, mm. yeah, it was really, really good. It was brilliant. I'm hoping to put together the, the video and the photos for that for our next um, kind of season, I guess, of video shows, which will hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll have time to edit through our, our video and get it ready for about June. June's my hope. <laughs> yeah, so I'm hoping to have the next season of uh, of Travel Talks videos out in June. Cool. Well, before we finish up, we've got some housekeeping and also some great competitions to tell you about. Firstly, we've got some great shiny new buttons on the site. Thanks to Ellie from hopandjaunt.com. We wanted some clearer ways for people to subscribe in iTunes or to subscribe to the RSS feed, and Ellie's put some great icons together for us. They're so cool. And you can see them on the homepage and sidebars throughout the site. Mm, so thanks, Ellie. We're going to be using these buttons as part of a subscription drive in May, and we could use your help. We're not after financial subscriptions, it's not like public radio, but uh, (laughs) we do want more people to know about the show and to subscribe in iTunes, so I'm trying to come up with some ideas to to promote it uh, during May. So if you have any great marketing ideas to help us spread the Indie Travel Podcast, please let us know. Um, mail at IndieTravelPodcast.com or you can use the contact form on site. There seems to be heaps of stuff up for grabs at the moment. We've talked about the World Nomads Travel Podcast Scholarship before, but the cutoff date for applications is tomorrow. That's April 5, Australia time. Yeah, and there's a two-week trip to Guatemala up for grabs from anywhere in the world. Um, there's more information about how to apply and how to produce a short podcast on our site indietravelpodcast.com it'll be linked from the show notes of this episode and also the hot topics on the homepage. now a new thing hostelbookers.com is giving away seven nights for two in amsterdam once again we'll link to more details on the site but in order to win you'll have to keep an eye on their twitter page and guess which cities their easter egg is passing through Finally, we're starting our fortnightly freebies. Now, the idea here is every two weeks we're going to be giving away a souvenir or a small meaningful prize that we've picked up during our travels. Um, This week we're going to be giving away a copy of Lonely Planet's Best of San Francisco. Um, It's a neat little pocket city guide, but it's got a bit of a story to it. Yeah, yesterday we went in to visit Vanessa and Vivek in the Lonely Planet offices, and um, we got taken down in the elevator to the secret bookshelf you know there was lots of whispering behind hands going on and yeah unfortunately there was no like secret opening doors or anything but we did no. get to, it was a secret bookshelf it was and, it was um, you needed a pin code for the elevator it was it was secret yeah secret bookshelf so thanks to vanessa for showing us around and thanks to the secret bookshelf for providing the prize yes we have a prize so how do you win Simply visit IndieTravelPodcast.com and find the fortnightly freebie post. Um, there's a question there, and all you have to do is leave a comment answering the question. Not too difficult. No, not at all. In two weeks, we'll close the comments, uh, choose a random winner, contact them by email, and then we'll do it again. Yeah. Fortnightly freebies. Something free every fortnight. Why are you looking at me like that? You sound so stupid. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> that end on the notes Craig's put fortnightly freebies fun fun <laughs> how fun oh 
Wheelie, wheelie. They're so fun. Well, that's us. We'll leave you with a final comment from those strange people who started the show. And until next week, travel well. Hi there. We are your mystery guests for today's podcast. I'm um, Vanessa Paik. I'm community manager at Lonely Planet. And I'm Vivek Bagwe. I'm the editor for LonelyPlanet.com. And Craig and Linda were one of our favorite travel podcasts for the Lonely Planet Travel Blogger Awards. We love them. Obviously, you guys do too, which is why you're listening. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.